0: hey everyone welcome back to keto and crime and thought crime today we've got part two of the christian longo case Um, before we get started want to give a quick shout out to my wonderful channel members and patrons thank you so much couldn't do this without you if i haven't earned your subscription please do that now like comment share It all helps the channel, and I really appreciate it. And with that being said, let's quickly dive back into the Christian Longo story. So when we last left off, Longo had Christian Longo had gone from a young man that was at least working, living with roommates out on his own, trying to make it in the world and wanting to get married to stealing money from his job to make a payment on his fiance's engagement ring to somebody that was a serial spender, having affairs That resulted in him doing such things as taking out loans on uh, fun equipment, like a jet ski, flipping them for cash, never making a payment, to literally leasing vehicles, never making a payment, and eventually just walking into a Dodge dealership with a fake uh, driver's license and stealing a minivan. So that's uh, where we left off. And his next uh, scheme to... Like, he has to can keep doing schemes to get them out of their debt. Now they have three children head over heels in debt. They've taken out a home equity loan on the house unknown to their in-laws to catch up their rent payments, and they're drowning. And so with Christian's smooth tongue, as well as his uh, the help of his parents and Mary Jane's parents, they actually pitch local Jehovah's Witnesses on the idea of a construction subcontracting business. And they, he actually gets these people to invest over $100,000, as well as giving him an additional $100,000 line of credits. So he created, in 1999, Final Touch Construction Cleaning to clean new homes for builders. Once they're built, his crew will go in and clean them and get them ready for staging and eventual sale. So he launched into this business, but he hired local uh, Jehovah's Witnesses to actually work for him, as well as hiring illegal immigrants to do the work, but never once paid them. Paychecks for his company started bouncing right off the bat. Now remember, he had gotten an investment of $100,000 and an additional $100,000 line of credit. You could have easily had your payroll covered with that, bought vans, you know, a couple of vans, cleaning equipment, and you would have been set, as, as well as the license and everything you need to do, insurance. All of this was easily covered by that amount of money that he had. But he didn't. He just took that money... Spent it elsewhere on frivolous things, I'm sure. And then to start trying to cover some of his business debts, now quickly accumulating, he went to a local uh, heavy equipment dealer under his business name, because, you know, now they've got all this capital behind them, and was able to buy a crane, which I have no idea why any reputable heavy equipment operator would sell somebody that owned a cleaning business, even if it was for new homes. A crane, even if you were cleaning actual construction sites, what would you need with a crane? As well as a large tractor, again, I know it's Michigan, but what do you need with that if you own a cleaning business? Anyway, he paid cash for them supposedly, but the check bounced. But instead of doing what he should have and returning them to the dealer, He sold them for $5,000 and somehow avoided arrest, prosecution, or suit. And with the $5,000, he caught up his payroll. Then he realized he could do this thing where he buys stuff, doesn't pay for it, and flips it. And so he started doing that with other things as well as getting into something known as check hiding. Check hiding is very much a crime of the past, and I've covered it in a couple of other uh, white-collar crimes. But basically, what it is, is the whole purpose of you taking a check, a business check in this regard from, from Final Touch Construction Cleaning, to a bank, opening a new account with a check that you know will bounce. And you can get away with it because in the 90s and early 2000s, you had what is known as kind of a float time. You know, you knew how long it would take from a written check, which was still pr- prominent, to actually clear a bank, and you usually had three to five business days. So he, so it was also customary for banks, and they still do even do it now with with deposits, to give you a certain amount of that money as a immediate available balance. So what he would do is write this these checks, open a new account take as much of the money out as he could, and then take off. And, of course, that check bounces. And then he would take that cash, spend it for what he needs, and then take another business check to another bank and do it all over again. In a few months, he had racked up about $40,000 and scammed the money just this way, as well as continuously spending. Mary Jane wasn't saying anything. I mean, she may have said plenty at home, but she wasn't saying this to anybody in public. She was quickly and obviously becoming depressed. Um, He also started long ago to kind of cover some of his debts. He started taking out credit cards and family members' names, including her and including his in laws, taking cash advances or making payments on these credit cards until he got caught. He started giving fake names and addresses, applying for other credit cards. Like I said, this is before all the tech security we have now, so you could get away with that. And um, taking out credit in other people's names, he also started writing checks to himself in his clients' names. I don't know how he was able to get a hold of some of their checks. Evidently, when they had paid him for something, he you know photocopied the check, removed his, removed the amount in the name, and then rewrote it for another check to himself. So, Duke was smart if he had put half of that into actually making it in life making this business work he might have been much better off geez meanwhile Mary Jane discovers evidence of other affairs uh, meanwhile some evidence of his crimes are starting to come out because remember he built his business with investments from other from Jehovah's Witnesses who aren't getting the return on their investment they're hearing stories about the business checks bouncing all over plus he hired people within the Jehovah's Witness that's paychecks were bouncing. So the Jehovah's Witnesses knew something was going on, and what did they do? They kicked him out of the church, disfellowshipped. And as a result, his parents, her parents, shunned him. But Mary Jane was trapped. She couldn't shun or divorce him because, A, she was married to him, and B, because of her religion, she couldn't divorce him. Catch-22. Um, so what was Christian's, uh, solution to all this? He blamed Mary Jane, one, for spending too much time with the kids, neglecting his manly needs. Go jump off a ridge. After a vacation in Northern Michigan, he took them on vacation. Um, he came in to a bank that he had already kited a check at with another check to do the same thing and the teller recognized him and called the cops, but he was able to get away. He's either has lost some brain cells or he was never that, or just luck, never that smart, just lucky, or he's getting careless. But pretty soon he did get caught for all the check kiting, but because he was the sole uh, income earner for his family, the judge went light on him and he received probation. And had to pay restitution to all the banks and companies that he had defrauded, but they never found out about some of the bad checks. the stolen Montana is he still driving that around, or the heavy equipment uh, scam that's still kind of pending. Uh, he had to go once a month to visit his probation officer, Michael Ickland. Uh, he had to fill out a form saying, what he was doing for a living on these forms. He was filling out his house address that he drove that Montana, which is stolen, mind you, and was the CEO of Final Touch Construction Cleaning. Um, Icklin never checked up on anything that wouldn't happen today because of all the, you know, it's all kind of instantaneous, but back then you still filled out forms and they still had to manually check on things. So, He never checked on any of it, and he was supposed to be checking in once a month. Uh, He was reporting $1,200 a month income from Final Touch, and he was supposed to be paying $300 a month to the state of Michigan, who was then distributing that out to the people he defrauded. Um, Sailing Tractor, because they haven't been able to find him, have not been able to, for these. Their stolen crane and tractor, they couldn't find him to serve a suit, so they decided finally just to get rough and press criminal charges. A warrant was issued for him, but it was never enforced. Although he did hear rumors about it, and he sold their house right out from under his in his laws and cleared $8,000 with the sale of the house and instead of setting them up in a new apartment paying off some debt and getting them a fresh start in life he used that eight thousand dollars to open a new business account for final touch in june of 2000 he pretty much just moved his family away he moved them to toledo ohio claiming he wanted a fresh start And they drove cross-country, or not cross-country, but from Michigan to Ohio. Uh, They camped in tents along the way, didn't stay in hotels or anything. And when he got to Toledo, he bought an industrial warehouse. He didn't rent an apartment, rent a house, rent something that was adequate for his family. He leased a large industrial building in Toledo. It was filthy. It was halfway under construction or destroyed, however you want to look at that. And that's where he had his family living. It was not well insulated. It was cold. It was hot. It wasn't a place that you should adequately uh, could adequately live a family. But yet he leased it under the premise that he was going to restart his business and both live and operate his business out of it. He also missed his June um, probation check-in. Excuse me, June of 2001. My bad on that. Uh, the cost of this industrial warehouse was $2,000 a month when he could have easily gotten a two or three bedroom apartment for less than half of that in Toledo, Ohio in the, in the early two thousands. It's a two story building. Uh, he had promised the leaseholder. He would pay 14,000 down on it. Uh, of course he never paid it. And, uh. Basically uh, started running a scam where he was doing the same thing, buying things on credit under false names and selling it for quick cash. And of course, because evictions can take a long time, he wasn't evicted. So he and his family were living in squalor in this warehouse. Meanwhile, he missed his June probation check and Icklin finally reported him after three or four months, and when the deputies went to his old address, he was gone. New family living there. So, uh, basically, probation violation. Now he's a wanted man. He also uh, deposited a forged check from a Toledo home builder that he had started doing business with under final touch and attempted to... Open a new account, withdraw the money in his own name, and he got away with it. Um, Mary Jane's parents and brothers and sisters were very worried. Um, They actually reported their own identity theft, so he was prime suspect in that. Uh, They said that they only had heard from Mary Jane once in several months, from a cell phone that was now cut off. So they had no idea where they were, but somehow they managed to track him down. And mainly because these home builders that he was still forging checks on in Toledo Toledo area reported him. He was also, as I said, buying large equipment like tractors, forklifts, even boats and selling them way under market in this uh, warehouse. However, one uh, buyer that came to look at a forklift that he was selling for literally a tenth of what it would be worth, brand new, thought it sounded a little bit sketchy and reported him. The police showed up to look. He had already sold the forklift, so it was gone. Uh, Chris Christian lied to them and said, oh, I'm starting my business, so I'm selling out some old stuff I had. Um, I own this stuff. He promises to show them all the title registration. Uh, They saw the squalor the family was living in, but yet they didn't take them in. Toledo police did not take them in. Even after all of that, they let him go with a promise that he would bring these titles and proof that he owned the stuff that he was selling to the police department. Who does that? As much as I love our first responders, police, fire, EMT, what was going on with the michigan and ohio police early 2000s somebody like me or maybe a person of color would get arrested for shoplifting he's selling stolen equipment out of a house with a family living in it and they don't even bother to take him in mind blown I ah i really want to think that would never happen today i really want to believe that but this was just shoddy police work police do i know they do the best they can but they probably evidently they didn't care why didn't they at least call cps I, mm. okay of course he never showed up with bills with titles bills of sale and he and the family bolted of course they did got away scot-free anyway to all my people out there that are police officers i love you but you have to admit this was just shoddy work there's been several cases we've studied where it's just been shoddy work I, i hope that things have improved since then anyway So, of course, the authorities went back to the warehouse looking for Longo when they got wind of the stuff from Michigan and the fact he never brought in those titles. Don't get me started on that again. And they found it abandoned. They also found uh, Mary Jane's cell phone just lying on the floor. Uh, They also found a lot of toys of the kids, large items that had just been left. They had loaded it into the Montana and taken off. So, Mary Jane's sisters were extremely alarmed about this because it looks like pieces of the family was starting to fall off and they had no idea how to reach them because now cell phone's off, it's gone, they vanished. vanished. August 27th, 2001, Mary Jane made a call from a payphone to one of her sisters and said they were alive and they were doing okay but she couldn't tell them where they were and, but would be in touch soon. This was a random phone booth somewhere between Ohio and Oregon. So, they were seen in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, briefly, where they camped in a tent for four days. It was very definitely a a young family with three children. And then they finally made it to the Oregon coast. So, they made it to Waldport, Oregon, which is a coastal city. They were living in weekly rate hotel rooms, and he, Christian, got a job at a Starbucks that was inside a Fred Meyers retail store. Um, his manager there actually said, because he was asking for more hours to support his family, but he actually said, why don't you apply for welfare, you know, the the social... Um, system here in oregon's very generous it's still very generous why don't you apply for aid so that you can take the strain off and he goes well it was against the jehovah's witness religion to apply for assistance but yet it's not against the jehovah's witness religion to commit theft make your family live in squalor in a warehouse and um cut checks all over the place i i think his view was a little skewed but anyway He did very well. He was actually promoted up to a manager of the Starbucks within the Fred Meyer. So he was working full time, had some benefits, which leads me to believe he used his real name. How is he able to get a job, be promoted to management and not set off any alarms as to what he's done? It it really shows you how much the, you know, the legal infrastructure has changed because if that somebody tried to do that today, it would be flagged immediately. It just kind of shows you how much things have changed from you know 2001 to 2021 it, it really does it's just mind-boggling and i you know i was a young adult during this time so i vaguely remember it but it's just like geez, you don't realize how this fragmented it was until you hear these things but anyway uh mary jane also because they had a friend that would watch their children or They would work opposite shifts so she could help out. She got a job as a cashier part-time at a local Walmart. So they would work opposite shifts, or they would have found some friends that would watch their kids at the hotel or in their home while they both worked. So they were able to put together a little bit of money. You would think they would go and find a reasonably priced apartment. But no. Ah. Christian copied the credit card number of a customer at the Starbucks with the last name Malarkey, ironically, and used that name and uh, credit credit card number to put a first last month's rent and a deposit down on a $1,200 a month condo, one-bedroom condo at a building called The Landing. It was a high-end condo building, and he rented it for $1,200 a month off of stolen credit. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're becoming active members of the local Kingdom Hall, of course. They're Zach, Sadie, and Madison are now ages two to four. Uh, By all accounts, the Longos are a working-class family, very, very enthralled in raising their three children. They met friends at the kingdom hall. They started going out and socializing. They had they, you know, they'd been married eight years. They looked very much like a young couple that might be on the rise. Uh, they enjoyed sailing because they were on the coast. Um, they did jigsaw puzzles with the family in their spare time. Um, however, appearances can be deceiving. Mary Jane was confiding in friends at the church that they might be divorcing, Um, because she had finally gotten her bait of his frivolous spending. Um, so that was kind of going on under the radar. Finally, we get to December of 2001, 2000, December 15th, where Mary Jane and Christian went out with a couple, uh, to a movie and dinner. Um, December 16th. Christian ran into the apartment manager at the landing, building manager, and told him that he was taking Mary Jane and all three of the children to the airport in Portland to uh, fly back to Michigan. Uh, Also that day, he and Mary Jane and the children went to church, and he also told people at church that he was taking them to the airport. So he's starting to lay the groundwork for them being out of his life. And they would be killed sometime between midnight and 4 a.m. on December 17th, 2001. Um, about 4 a.m. on December 17th, which was, a, which was a Sunday morning, remember, Jehovah's Witnesses go to church on Saturdays. So uh, he was uh, spotted, uh, at least a red van, the Montana, was spotted by a gentleman named Dick Poe as he was driving over a, a local bridge there in Walport. He said that he thought the red van might be in some kind of mechanical distress, so he stopped to, to ask what was wrong. Inside was a lone man, fitting Longo's description. Turns out that was his van, and he told Mr. Poe that he had just had some minor engine trouble on his way home from work after working a night shift, and he was good. So um, Poe drove on, but he did watch the van in his rearview mirror and said that it pulled out and drove back toward the city. Uh, that's Later that day, all the Longo children were marked absent from school or preschool. Um, mary jane did not show up for her shift at walmart which was very uncharacteristic of her and had her co-workers and managers there wondering where she was trying to call their apartment with no answer long christian was scheduled to work the 2 p.m shift at fred meyer because as i said he had now been promoted again from uh, a supervisor in the starbucks to now he is an assistant manager of the whole store working primarily in the home furnishings department so He was scheduled to basically close the store that night to work from 2 to 11 p.m. He showed up for work. Everybody that talked to him said he seemed very normal. There was nothing going on. He did confide in a friend of his at the store that um, Mary Jane had left him for another man, a reporter. Again, this is setting, I think, the uh, cue for him impersonating a reporter. I'm appreciating Mike Finkel. So he um, did confess that, but he seemed perfectly normal. Um, the next day was Tuesday, and he drove straight through. After he got off at 11 p.m., he drove straight through to Portland and arrived there very early in the morning. He left the Montana, took the personal personalized vanity plate off. Remember, you know, it's still... Registered in Michigan as a vanity plate, so he it's registered to him, not the van. So he took it off. He went to a, a local uh, Dodge dealership there in a suburb of Portland, known as Wilsonville, to Town and Country Dodge, where he left his van in the parking lot, removed the plates, and went into the uh, to the showroom. There he looked around and waved off a couple salesmen, telling him that he was just looking. So the salesman he was talking to, it was right before they you know right before the crowd would normally come in. So the salesman just went in to another office to deal with whatever he was dealing with. And uh Longa started looking around the showroom. He spotted a Durango that still had the keys in it. And he basically got into the car, cranked it up drove over the sensor that would open the garage doors of the showroom they opened and the car he drove away in the durango he drove it all the way back to uh waldport uh put his you know he put his plates on it and no one was the wiser so he stole another vehicle and probably that The garage door closed immediately behind him. If the salesman wasn't paying attention, they probably didn't even realize it was stolen for a while. You know, unless they, until they did inventory. So, he's home. Uh, they did report it stolen two days later. So, it did take them a while to realize it was missing. Uh, he got back home uh, evening of the 18th. He went to the Fred Myers Christmas party, where he uh, took an unopened bottle of Mary Jane's perfume, tacky, right? He's just tacky uh, to a to the uh, party as his gift contribution. Uh, the next day, on the nineteenth, the same day that Town and Country reported the Durango stolen. He had lunch with work associate, Denise Thompson, where he again told her that his wife had left him for another man and they were in Michigan. He did not show up on uh, later that day for uh, his shift. He just disappeared. He actually uh, got into, he missed his Thursday shift. So he got into uh, the Durango, started heading for California. He got spooked because he heard that the body of a four-year-old boy was found uh, in the uh, water off of Waldrop. So now he's spooked because they have found Zachary's body. So he drives towards California, realizing that it's now payday at Fred Myers, and he will need that money. So he turns around, heads back into Fred Myers, even though he had missed a shift the night before, he just walks in, gets his check, takes it immediately, caches it, and then disappears, driving toward the Bay Area of San Francisco. Uh, He uh, made it the 600 miles. Uh, He did stop in Sacramento to sleep and reached San Francisco on Saturday, the same day they located the body of his three-year-old daughter, Sadie. Uh... Meanwhile, police in Walport are trying to figure out who these children are. Uh, Both of the children that had been found so far, Zach and Sadie, were found uh, in suitcases or sleeping bags weighted down with rocks. Their cause of death, according to the coroner, was smothering and some blunt force trauma. They were both nude and in a in a couple of them there were appeared to be possessions like toys meanwhile uh christian's friends are getting suspicious of where mary jane and christian are so they're actually going by the landing to search the apartment in which uh it was found that it was completely cleared out except for a couple of children's toys uh stuffed clipper the doll and a stuffed scooby doo were found there uh christian had even taken the microwave that was part of the condo's furnishings the the established furnishings and taking that with him so um they also found mary jane's car the the a, a dodge grand caravan parked outside the in the condo building's parking lot mary jane's purse keys and cigarettes were left in the car Uh, Denise Thompson also uh, spoke to police by this time, saying that as far as she knew, the children and Mary Jane were safe in Michigan, but it wasn't wasn't the case. Finally, the children were identified identified as the Longo children. Um, According to uh, police investigators, they would never have found any of the children. It could have been 10 or 15 years before they found them if they hadn't. If the rock wading down Zach or the cement block wading down Zach had not come loose and floated up, allowing the body to float up, it was found by some civilians who called the police, and then they, when they were searching the water for more, they found Sadie's body. So if it hadn't have been for that, it might have been 10 or 15 years before they ever located the bodies, and he might have gotten away scot-free. Five days after they found uh, Sadie, the bodies of 34-year-old Mary Jane Longo and two-year-old daughter Madison were found, both in suitcases, weighted down, same MO. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Christian is in San Francisco. He's staying at a $22 a night hostile. He's almost out of money. Uh, he did apply for a job at a Starbucks on Union Street. Um... But, after hearing about the uh bodies the other two bodies they had found, he never went back for the second interview. He stayed in his car um quite a bit the stolen car, the stolen Durango, and uh slept on a street side a couple of nights. He also spent a lot of days at the zoo, which in San Francisco is free, so he would drive to the zoo and hang out and watch the animals, I guess, just to blend in and have something to do. December 24th was Christmas Eve, 2001. He parked on a street outside an apartment building where a party was going on and listened to it. Um, When the sun came up the next day, he walked to a local CVS. He bought some snacks and food to keep in his car and then he went to a theater and bought a ticket to see Ali the movie about Muhammad Ali and actually stayed and saw it three times. So uh, he after the movie he walked back to CBS and kind of just meandered around looking and then he stopped at a Chinese restaurant got a takeout noodle dish which he ate in his car He The next day, he drove to a local city park. It was the day after Christmas by now, and he sat there at the park contemplating suicide. He said he actually walked out to the the pier and thought twice about jumping off, but just couldn't go down to it. Meanwhile, on December 27th, the uh, Union Street Starbucks contacted the Fred Meyer Starbucks back in Oregon for a reference and found out everything, so the dude was using his real name. He figured he would get away with it again. Not so much, because he was suspect number one in the murder of his family. <clears throat> so, while sitting in his car, he heard about all of this on the radio. Uh, he narrowly missed the FBI who were waiting for him to come back for his Union Street interview, which he did not show up at. Um, so, on Wednesday, about December 28th, he went to a Kinko's, used their free internet to book a flight to Cancun, a one-way flight to Cancun, Mexico, using his own name, but a credit card that number that he had stolen from Fred Myers. He had a receipt with the credit card number on it, and he used that to book his flight. He pawned the microwave and a television stolen from the condo for about ninety dollars. He got on his flights and headed to Mexico uh, for a in a with a one-way ticket. Two days later, around December 30th, the stolen Durango was found parked in long-term airport parking with some of his possessions, including a laptop. The possessions uh, were taken into custody, and he was then added to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list and was profiled on America's Most Wanted, where host John Walsh called him the worst kind of criminal. Because he had used his own name, they knew that he had taken a one-way flight to Mexico, Cancun. So they knew what country he was in. You know, he always wanted the finer things in life. You didn't see him disappearing into Tijuana. No, he went to Cancun, a nice area of Mexico to blend in. So as a result, a $50,000 reward was put out by the FBI for him. They put out Spanish-language wanted posters for him all over Mexico. He stayed in Cancun for several, several weeks, uh, living in campgrounds, cheap hotels, doing odd jobs. He also spent his time hooking up with women. He actually befriended a uh, a lady uh, that he met at a Cancun campground, telling her he was Michael Finkel from the New York Times and uh, kind of blended in to the Mexican resort culture. Somebody who had seen some of the wanted posters reported that he had seen a man matching Longo's description at that campground in the town of Tulum, Quintana Roo. excuse me. Uh, about 80 miles south of Can- Cancun, and sure enough, Mexican police arrested him and transferred him to back to the United States via George Bush Inter- Intercontinental Airport, where he was taken into custody by the FBI. Um, and this is where Michael Finkel comes in, because it was then that he received word that somebody had been impersonating him in Mexico, and this is when he flew to Portland to interview Finkel, to interview uh, Longo, and this is how we get the book. In March 2003, he stood trial in Portland, and he pled guilty to the killing of Madison And Mary Jane, but not to Zach and Sadie. And to hear him tell it, he and Mary Jane had a fight about money and the possible divorce on the evening of the 16th. He then left to go to an evening shift at Fred Meyer. When he returned, he said he found Mary Jane in a semi-catatonic state in the living room. And he asked where the children were. She basically looked at him with a blank stare and said, you did this. You killed us. And he then uh, went into their their room where he found little Madison, two-year-old Madison, he said, wrapped in sheets, barely alive, pretty much dead, and then ran into the chil- uh, children's room Sadie and Zach the two older children finding them missing he goes in and asks Mary Jane what's wrong with Madison and where are Zach and Sadie and she said they're in the water and he said he lost it and he killed Mary Jane for killing their two oldest children he said he went into the bedroom to figure out what to do with Madison's body and realized she was actually still breathing but fearing what kind of brain damage had already been done he smothered her so he basically uh, stabbed Mary Jane to death and smothered his children he as as he said, he wrote a lot while he was in uh jail he spoke to uh Finkel he had a lot of people a lot of people fool he did he was a diagnosed narcissist by people on Uh, The defense team actually diagnosed him as as a narcissist. He was sentenced to death in 2003, but because of a lot of controversy about the death penalty, he's still sitting on death row. But he was sentenced to death in 2004 for the murder of all three members of his family. And in 2011, he did admit that he killed all three members of his family to be rid of them remember what we said about family annihilators when we looked at jeffrey mcdonald chris coleman chris watts that often they're broken into three categories though that those that see their family as a proof of their failures those that see their families as an obstacle to what they really want and those that see their family as a way to to their undoing well i think in this case longo probably was probably the first two. He saw his family as an obstacle to him really wanting to be free, to sleep around, to work and travel and do the kind of things he wanted for the finer things in life. And then in the end, when Mary Jane was probably wanting a divorce, he saw them as his undoing and as a source of failure. So maybe he ticked off all three. But in any case, tragic story associated with the Jehovah's Witness uh, religion. So tomorrow I will be here with a deep dive on the Jehovah's Witnesses. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I had a great time covering this. Uh, hopefully an interview with Michael Finkel is coming. And I will be uh back soon. Until next time. Keep on crying.